Uh, man, we're opening a new series for the new year. I'm excited about this new series, The Farmer, The Plow, and The Vine. It's my brand new children's book that comes out at the end of this year. I'm kidding. I, many of you are like, well, you preach like we're children, but that's okay. You know, you preach like a kid, uh, but that's all right. No, it's not a children's book, although if I ever have a children's book, I've got the title and I've got the artwork, so I'm good to go. But this, this series is actually a series about how we need to get a, a mind shift. We need to think differently if we want a different outcome. In 2017, you have hopes and you have dreams and things you want God to do for you. Do you not? I mean, you got things you want to see God do. And you're going to have to change. I'm going to have to change. We're going to have to think differently. We're going to have to think differently than culture thinks us, tells us to think. And so we're going to have to think like a farmer. We're going to have to grab the plow. And uh, we're going to have to talk about the vine. And so I hope you'll be here for all uh, three weeks of this series. If you have a Bible, I'm going to read some scripture and then, then you'll be able to be seated. But I need you to stay standing here for a moment as we read the word. Second Corinthians chapter 9 is where I'm going to be. If you don't have a Bible, get out your mobile device. Go to corechurch.com or um, uh, just go to, actually easier, just go to the App Store. Go to the App Store and download version. I read out of the New Living Translation. So if you're new to church and you download that app, go to the NLT, New Living Translation. That's what I read out of. And if you are new to church, let me kind of give you some background here. This is in the New Testament. This is written by this guy named Paul. He's an apostle. He used to hate Christians. He used to arrest Christians. And then Jesus got a hold of him, changed his life, and he became the very first church planter. He became the very first missionary, started churches all around the world. One of the churches he started was in this place called Corinth. And it was a corrupt place, a, a difficult place to start a church. But he started a church there. And then he wrote them letters talking to them. And this is one of the letters uh, that he wrote to them. And we didn't, back then they didn't have chapters and verses. It was simply a letter that he would write. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, Paul is getting ready to take an offering, uh, much like we did just a few minutes ago. He's getting ready to take an offering. And the reason he's taking this offering is you may not know this, but the church in Jerusalem at that time was under great persecution. We don't know persecution in America. Turn to somebody and say, we don't know persecution. Like, we don't know it. If you think you're being persecuted at work, get over yourself. You don't know what persecution is, okay? The, these people were being gravely persecuted. Uh, many of them arrested, killed, ostracized from their families, lost their jobs, no ability for income, starving to death. And Paul says, we need to take an offering for these people. We need to get an offering to them. And so he preaches this little message before he takes the offering. So let me read to you part of that in verse 6 is where we'll start. 2 Corinthians 9 and 6. Remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. You must each decide in your heart how much to give, and don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure, for God loves a person who gives cheerfully. And then God, now this is, this is if you gave, by the way, if you gave just recently, either online or the text to give or however it is you give, if you've given recently, this is for you, okay? This is for you. And God will generously provide all you need. I want to turn to somebody and say, that's good, that's good news. I needed that. After Christmas, I turn to them and say, after Christmas, I needed that. Amen to that. Then you always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the gift of your word. Thank you for the gift of worship and this chance we have to be in your house today and worship you. May the name of Jesus be proclaimed in this place today that every person who leaves, may they find hope, healing, peace, 
and purpose and church. So let's just pray for one another right now. You, I don't know if you know the people around you. You might know them, you might not. If you're not a follower of Jesus, you can pray right now. Just, man, God, would you help me? Help me to hear something today, a message, God, what, why am I here and what do you want to say to me? And Man, I really would ask for your prayers as your pastor too as I try to be faithful um, to the scriptures, these, this holy book that we have been given, what a gift it is. And if you're ready, if you're ready in this new year to hear from God in Jesus' name, give me a big amen. amen. All right. Man, Jackson, you looking good, buddy. Wow. Man, I just look terrible today. I look like I just rolled out of bed compared to what you are. I need to meet you. I need to talk to you after service, see who, who picks your clothes out. Man, that looks good. I need somebody to pick out my clothes is what I need. All right. It's a new year, uh, and we just came through Christmas. Uh, question, full participation here. I need everybody participating. Uh, how many of you have ever, at one time or another, bought your own Christmas gift, wrapped it, and put it under the tree for yourself. Can I see some hands in the house? If they're sitting by you, keep them up, high five them, say, yeah, come on, somebody. Yeah, you got exactly what you wanted, didn't you? Yeah, no returning on that one. Mm-mm. Laura is notorious for this. Uh, every year, and so no different this year. She walks in this year, and she's like, oh, hey, I got myself a little scarf. Like, yeah, but and she's like, it's the one I want. Just wrap it up and put it for me. It's going to be awesome. She does it to me every year. So this year I was out doing some Christmas shopping for her, and I thought, you know what? I'm going to try it out. I ain't ever bought myself a gift for Christmas. I'm going to try it out. And so I was walking by, and I saw these sweet kettles, these little tea kettles. And I've been looking for a tea kettle, a specific one, for my Mountain Man coffee. I make this stuff called Mountain Man coffee that is just out of this world amazing. If you love coffee, come see me after the service. Uh, we're going to do Starting Point. Like if you're brand new, and listen, I've not met you or anything like that, Starting Point, right after the service. I'll be back there. If you brought somebody with you, bring them back there. If you want my Mountain Man uh, recipe, come back there. I'll give it to you. I'll pray for you, and then I'll give you the recipe, okay? And you will have the most blessed week you've ever had. Because it's the most amazing cup of coffee you've ever had. And so I saw this guy. I was like, this is, this is exactly the one. This, too perfect. I, I got to get it. So I bought it. brought it home. I, I gave it to her. I'm like, hey, I, I got myself a gift. She's like, oh, okay. And so then we went out shopping together, and we were shopping for the kids. And, uh, and so we were looking for different stuff, and we were looking at these hats and maybe getting Jeremiah a hat for, for Christmas. And I, I looked at this one hat, and I was putting him on because he's kind of my size. And I put it on. I was like, dang, if that don't look good on me. And I was like, I looked at the price tag, and I was like, just get this for me. This is awesome. And she's looking at me like, what are you doing? And I, okay, just, just take this and just get it, wrap it up. It'll be cool. And so I bought another gift for me. And, and then I get home, and then another week goes by, and I'm on Amazon, and I'm shopping on Amazon. <laughs> and I look on Amazon, and it always kind of tells you things you like and what you want. And I saw uh, uh, something that I had put in my wish list. It's a Johnny Cash autobiography. Any Johnny Cash people in the house, can I get an amen? Yeah. Uh, you shouted louder for that than you did for Jesus today, and you all need to repent. So, but it was, it, was, uh, it was only four bucks, and I love Johnny Cash. And I was like, well, I'm getting that one too. And so I bought that. And then it tells you on Amazon, like, it tells you, you know, hey, you might also like, or customers also bought. And so I look, look down, and there in the, that section was, this Bruce Springsteen autobiography that I had read in, in high school. Can I get an amen for Bruce Springsteen? Yeah. Okay, some of you are like, no, not after that Jesus thing he said. I'm not. Okay, make y'all feel better. Can I get an amen for Jesus? Okay, uh, okay. Now we're all good. 
stay with me now. Okay, so, so I, I, I like, I'm like, I'm getting that too. And so I come home, I'm like, hey, there's gonna be some books coming in the mail. And, and she's like, she's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I don't, I don't know, but I'm gonna have the, the most awesome Christmas. It's gonna be, it's gonna be great. I am not doing a single return this year. It's gonna be great. So then, if that wasn't bad enough, so then we're on our way to Missouri uh, for my nephew's college graduation. And uh, Laura had bought me all these snacks. And when we came home, I was cleaning out the car. And we had, a, we had a bunch of snacks left over. And it was like Reese's and all these things that I love. And, and I was like, so I go to her, I go, here, put these in my stocking. <laughs> when it was all said and done, I had bought every single one of my gifts. Laura didn't even get to buy me anything for Christmas. I had bought everything. And then Christmas Day rolled around, and I was just like... I, I began opening up. I'm like, I, you know, when you open, those of you who've done this, I've never done it, so I didn't know what to do, but I, you open it and you try to act excited. <laughs> You're like, oh my gosh, look. And she's like, looking at me like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, but it's, it's awesome. The, the, here's the thing I discovered, though, when you buy your own gift, uh, it's just not the same as getting a gift. It, it, it doesn't have the same, those of you who've done that, it, it it doesn't have the same joy. Christmas did not have, it was terrible. Christmas didn't have the same experience for me because I had bought everything. I knew everything I was getting and it was all, all, all for me. And I was like, man, this is so disappointing. So, so let me turn a little bit. How, how many of you, and this should get full participation, how many of you bought a gift for someone this past Christmas? You bought a gift for someone, okay? All right, like three of you are not raising your hand. You just come to these altars right now, Okay. <laughs> All right, or take a lot of notes. I better see you taking notes, okay? But when you, when you buy a gift for someone, there's, and there's just so much more joy in giving that gift than getting the gift. I don't know how to explain it, but is, isn't that true? Like just on Christmas Day, think about Christmas Day. Like people are opening up their gifts. You got family you got, and, you, and people are ripping open gifts and you're just sitting there and you're not paying attention to what your kids are opening or what your wife or husband or parents or anybody, you're not paying any attention until they pick up the gift that you bought them. And when you pick up the gift, that, when they pick up the gift that you bought them, suddenly you are zoned in on them, are you not? I mean, you're like, so everyone stop. She's opening the gift. I need to put that down right now and look, okay? You're getting your phone out. You're going on Facebook Live. I mean, you're amped up. Do you, you get so excited and you're waiting for that reaction. You can't wait till they open and they open and they open. And you, do you ever find yourself like you're smiling and you're more excited than they are? What is that? Why is that? There's just so much more joy in giving than getting. E even Jesus talked about this. Even Jesus said this in the, in the book of Acts, in the message translation, it, it says it this way right here. Right here. In, it says, right here, there it is. <laughs> Acts 20, 35 says this. Let's say this together. You're far happier giving than getting. So turn to someone and tell them that right now. You are far happier getting than giving. And say, that's why I didn't get you anything. That's why, <laughs> that's why you need to give me something. Okay? This is what Jesus says here. You're far happier giving than getting. So why is it that we aren't 
as generous throughout the year as, as we are at Christmas. This is kind of weird. Like, we are so generous, and we think about generosity at Christmas, but then once the year starts, then it just kind of, kind of goes away. And the thing, thing I see is that I think all of us, we want to be generous. Don't you want to be generous? Turn to somebody and say, man, I want to be generous. Turn to somebody, come on, I, I do. I want to be, I desire to be generous. Turn to somebody right now and say, you need to be generous, okay? We all need to be generous. I don't, listen, there might be somebody here and, and you don't want to be generous, but that's a rarity. I mean, just we all want to be generous people. So why aren't we generous? Why will we not be generous? What is it that, that holds us back? I think we get some answers here from the Apostle Paul. So the Apostle Paul writes this letter to the Corinthians, and in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, Paul says if, if you want to be generous, you, you got to develop a farmer's mindset. So this week we're going to talk about the farmer and developing this farmer's mindset. So look at the analogy he gives here. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6. Let's look at it together here. Remember this. This is Paul talking. He's inspired by God, so it's really God talking to us through Paul. But he says, remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who, who what? Plants generously will get a generous crop. So what we need to do is we got to develop this farmer's mindset. And what I mean by a farmer's mindset is we got to think like a farmer. When, when a farmer plants, he doesn't plant thinking about himself. He plants thinking of others first. He plants with this idea that I want to plant as many seeds as I can. I want to get the largest crop I can possibly get because I want to bless and I want to help as many people as I possibly can. That's, that's what a farmer does. But the farmer also knows this. He's not an idiot. He knows I'm going to plant mountains of seed for all kinds of people so I can help people. But the farmer knows that he is also going to reap from that harvest. He knows that, that he's going to eat. That's what Paul is trying to say here. He, he says the one who plants generously is going to get a generous crop. So if you're taking notes, I'd like for you to write this down. And this is what I want to talk about for a few minutes. If I will plant it generously, God will grow it exponentially. If I will plant it generously, God will grow it exponentially. Now, that sounds good, but that's really, really difficult to live out. And it, it, it's really countercultural to the way we as Americans live. It's, it's not the way we've been taught, and it's not the way we've been trained. We've actually been taught and trained to be consumers, not contributors. And Seth Godin, who is a um, leader, futurist, he's a blogger. I love this guy. He's got a lot of great books out. And I saw a TED Talk that he did recently and Seth Godin talked about this uh, idea that before the Industrial Revolution, most people, they only owned one pair of jeans and two pair of shoes. Can you imagine that? One pair of jeans, two pair of shoes. One pair of shoes for work, one pair of shoes for leisure. Now, we, we can't even wrap our head around that. Can we? I mean, I, how do you get through life with one pair of jeans and, one, and two pairs of shoes? How many of you have more than two pairs of shoes? Put your hand up. Come on, more than two pairs of shoes. Everybody, full participation. Keep your hand up if you've got more than five. Okay? Keep your hand up if you've got more than ten. All right, my hand is still up. I'm a, put your hand down. This is embarrassing. <laughs> I counted the shoes in my closet. I didn't want to count one of them because they were lake shoes, and I thought that could get me under ten. 
but it didn't. I love shoes. I, how many love shoes? I love, yeah, come on. I love shoes. But why is that? Well, because in the, not why do I love shoes, but why is it before the industrial, hey, I can tell you, we're going to talk about why I love shoes, but why is it before the industrial revolution did they live that way? Well, it, because they only purchased and bought what they needed and what they were going to use. They didn't think any differently. They thought as contributors. They thought of others, and, 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 they, and they weren't consumers. There was no real such thing as a consumer mindset or a consumer culture. It didn't exist before the industrial age. When the industrial age hit, factories hit and businesses hit, and these companies then came up with products. And because they had products that they were shipping off the industrial, off the, off the uh, factory line, they needed people, consumers, you and I, to buy those products. Hence, we now have these things called commercials. Commercials are not there for our entertainment. Commercials are there to teach us and to train us to be consumers. When's the last time you saw a commercial that was about giving? about a farmer mindset, about being a contributor and not a consumer. The only thing they're, they're talking about when they're saying giving is give to me, okay? They want you to give, and they're trying to teach us and train us to have a consumer mindset. I mean, just, just think about it. Think about the phone that you have. They, t- they tell you, oh, you have that phone. You don't have a seven? Hmm. Wow. You mean when you touch your phone, it doesn't move on the picture? Wow. You are so yesterday. Your screen is so small. I mean, and they say, you need to upgrade, right? You got to upgrade because you get, you, what's wrong with you? you? You need this. I mean, just think about the TV. Every time you turn around, you, your TV's too small. You got to get a bigger TV. I, I, just, I just took out the last tube TV out of our house. It finally left. Anybody still got a tube TV in your house? Come on now, somebody. That's awesome. But I... I'm just, I don't care what TV I have. The, the flat screen that we have, somebody gave it to us. My kids are like, man, they were begging on the streets for a TV because our dad's not ever going to buy one because I'm too cheap. I ain't going to buy one. And, and, but we hauled it. It took two people to get this tube TV out, out of our house. But you watch a commercial, you go to the Black Friday ads, and they tell you, your TV's too small, and it's not HD enough. You need a little bit larger. You know that, that car that you're driving, it ain't shiny enough. It needs to be a little bit shinier. Okay, listen. My car is a 1995 Chevy Suburban. Everybody hears me coming, driving down 264,000 miles, people. When I'm go- oh, don't applaud that. I am driving. My neighbors are humiliated and embarrassed because they hear me coming down the street because the front end of my car is like, <laughs> the staff is like, hey, could you be the last one to leave church? That would be great. Okay? Because it's just, there ain't no shine left on my car. I don't care, okay? But every time I'm watching a commercial, it's telling me I need a shinier ride. I mean, even the detergent that you use in your washing machine, like if you're pouring it in, that is so yesterday. What's wrong with you? Your clothes ain't getting clean enough. You need the cute little packets. You need the packets to drop in. Some of you right now are thinking, you know, I've been wanting to try those. taught us, trained us. We, we have now this consumer mindset and we have what they call FOMO. You ever heard of that? The fear of missing out. 
is really about uh, the internet and, and social media and why we get addicted to that. But it's also why we have a consumer mindset because we have this fear of missing out. Well, gosh, I don't have the little detergent packet, so I'm, I, I, I'm missing out. I, I have a, a six or a five, and they, they say I need a, a seven. And, I, and we have this, this fear of, of missing out. And so what do we do? We buy stuff. We buy stuff, and when we run out of room, we put our stuff in places we've created for our stuff. We've created garages and attics and closets for our stuff. And when those are filled up, then we move our stuff. We rent space for our stuff. What's wrong with us? We go visit it on the weekends. We need a mind shift. We got to change the way we, this is craziness, what we are doing. And so Paul comes along, and, and Paul challenges this this mindset, and he says, Get, you, you need to shift your mind, and you need to think like a farmer. He says, be a farmer. Think of others. Think of others first. Plant generously. Don't, don't be a consumer. Be a contributor. He says it this way. Listen, if you just plant a few seeds, if you're just a little bit generous, guess what? You're just going to get a little bit back. And, but he says, if you, if you will plant generously, if you will plant generously, you'll get a generous crop. We, we saw this last week when Brandon Ashworth was up here. Where's Brandon? I thought he was here today. Was, there's Brandon. Brandon shared last week, and many of you saw him on stage. And if you didn't, go back and listen to the podcast, because it was, wow, it was powerful what he is doing. I was so challenged by what you said, Brandon. I've been thinking about it all week. I listened to the podcast again, just so challenged by what you were doing. I was eating chili on New Year's Day, feeling guilty because I wasn't out doing what you were doing. <laughs> so go back to the podcast. You know what I'm talking about. But Brandon was um, sharing last week on Celebration Sunday. On his birthday, he decided he didn't want to be a consumer. He wanted to be a contributor. There's, there's nothing wrong with getting gifts on your birthday. That's, that's what birthdays are for, and you should allow people to bless you and, and, and give to you. But Brandon's like, I don't want gifts. In fact, I want you to take everything you were going to give to me, and I, I want to take all that money, and we're going to go shopping, and we're going to build these bags full of hygiene products and different things for the homeless, and, and I just want to go downtown, and I just want to, I want to hand them out. And so on his birthday, one day you're allowed to be selfish. He says, no, I'm going to plant a generous crop. And man, if God did not bring back a generous crop to you, you planted seeds of generosity, and man, God blessed it exponentially. The, it's amazing. He, so he goes out, and he does this, and then he goes down, and he's meeting with some veterans, and he's talking to the veterans about what he did, and he invites them to come with him. A couple of, of the veterans go with him the next time, and, and they go out with him, and then they come back, and they're all excited. And, and I'm not doing justice to the story. You need to go to the podcast. But, so then he goes back, and before he knows it now, I think just a couple of weeks ago, they had like 60 people out on the streets handing out these packets to people. And now they're going out every other week now, and people, more and more people are joining this ministry called Taking It to the Streets. He had to come up with a name for it. All this because he just gave up his birthday. And then a judge comes out, finds out what he's doing. A judge comes out to help. And now, all of a sudden, other people are finding out about it. Now they're thinking about, hey, could we take this ministry nationwide? All because he planted seeds of generosity. All because he said, I don't want to be a, a, a consumer. I want to be a contributor. And so that's why Paul tells us, man, if I will plant it generously, God will grow it exponentially. So, so how do I know if I'm being generous? That's a great question. Like, does, 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 God, does God somehow have a number 
Because when we give, we wonder. I mean, just let's be honest. When you give financially, when you contribute to the church or you give something, don't you wonder at times, like, was I being generous? Was I being stingy? Was I, was, what's, what's God's number? It's a great question. So let's look at that. Verse 7, Paul says this. You must each decide in what? Your heart. You must decide in your heart how much to give. That's some good news. So turn to somebody right now and say, hey, guess what? You get to decide. You get to decide. Turn to somebody right now and tell them, say, you get to decide. You get to decide what you want to give. And don't give reluctantly or, or in response to pressure, for God loves a person who gives cheerfully. See, so often we, we equate generosity with the, um, with the amount I give. So when an offering is taken, and, I, and if I give a lot, I feel like I'm being, I'm being very generous. The bigger the offering I give, the more money I give, the more generous I am being. That's, that's, that's a bad mindset. That's, that's the wrong mindset. That's not the mindset that God has for us. That's not the way that God looks at generosity. In fact, God, when he looks at it, he, he doesn't measure our generosity based on how much you give. It's like, just think about how ridiculous that would be. Like the offering is being taken and God is like gathering some people around up in heaven and he's like, oh, right there, five bucks. Woo, hey, wow, thanks a lot, you know? So you're like, oh, whoa, hey, wait, wait, we got 50 back here. We got 50 back here. Wow, all right, I'm going to be a little... Put a little buzz. Whoa, hold it, hold it. Hold it, I got 500 right over here. Whoa, you are my new BFF. Woo, whoa. I mean, keep, God's not, that's not the way God is. That's not the way God operates. God looks at your heart. He looks at your heart. A few years ago, we went on a mission trip to um, Zambia, and a, a small group of us uh, from the church, went there, and we went with a church from Oklahoma City. And Megan, you were um, a part of that, and we had, we had it was life-changing, wasn't it? You're wearing your bracelet today, aren't you? The one that you got in Zambia, is that what you're telling me? Wow, so, uh, so that's weird that I'm telling this, and you're talking about this. So this is, so we're there, and we're there helping to build a Bible school for um, pastors there. The church is just growing like crazy in Africa. And then we're also working in some um, impoverished areas, um, with some children. But one, on, on part of the trip, we got to go with this church from Oklahoma City because they had raised over $10,000 uh, to put a water well in this village. And so we all loaded up in these old vans and buses, and we drove out into the middle of nowhere. I mean, down these crazy roads. I didn't know where we were going. I'm like, how do they even know? Are they going to get us back? It was just way out. And then we pulled into this field. And so we pull in this field and we get out. And the only thing in this field is the water well and this blue tarp building. And this blue tarp building, the missionary tells us, is their church. These people have nothing, like nothing. Their, their church looks nothing like this. They don't have a $4 million facility. They got a $4 facility. Blue tarps. And we walk into uh, the worship service that they're doing. And do you remember the toilet paper that they, that was... It's crazy. So we go into the, the tent where they're having the worship service, and they have, they, they're so impoverished that they've taken toilet paper um, that, it, that they use, and, and it's the only thing they have, and they string it up in the tent, kind of like decoration for us, to, to welcome us. It's the craziest thing ever. And so then we go out to the water well, and, and they're going to dedicate this water well, and and uh, the, 
village people gather around and uh, the missionaries there and the leader. And, and so they walk over the water well and this is the first time they're going to start pumping water on this thing and they start pumping that, uh, that well. And, and that was awesome. This is awesome. And so they start pumping this well and, and nothing's coming and nothing's coming. And then all of a sudden the water starts coming and it starts coming and it starts pouring. And, and the, the, these village, villagers, they just start freaking out. And they're just, they're so ecstatic because they've never had water. And so they've had to hike for miles for water and, and the water's pouring out of this well. And, and, and the women are just, they're, they're marching around and singing these, these songs of worship around this well as they have these jugs and they're going around and they're filling up their jars and they're, they're dancing around as the water is spilling over these jars. And the excitement is, is, is so, it's just, it's off the chain. And I'm just like, man, this is so cool. I get to be a part of this. And the Wow, this is amazing what generosity does. And, and, then, and then the leader of the village, he walks out with a chicken. And he walks out into the middle of the circle with this chicken like this. And I thought, what's he going to do? <laughs> what's going on here? Is this a, they know we're Christian, right? I mean, they're not going to do some kind of weird voodoo thing. What's happening here? I was like, you know, what was going to happen? And he walks over to the, the pastor of of the church, and, and he hands the, the pastor this live chicken, and, the, and he tells him something in his language, and the, and the missionary interprets for him and says, the, the village um, wants to give you this chicken. And it was the, uh, one of the only things they had, and we had to accept it. We didn't know what we were going to do with it. <laughs> it's like, what are we going to do with a live chicken? Uh, but, but we accepted that, that gift from them, and and I was thinking, man, what was, I wonder what it was like in heaven in that moment. Like, I, I mean, I just think God's like looking down and he's like, hey, 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 Peter, hey, Paul, hey, 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 John, John, hey, hey, you, whoever's not busy, whoever, come on, come on, you got to see this. This is the water well. Do you remember those people? Do you remember that church? Remember how they gave, they gave like $10,000, see, $10,000, and they're getting ready to pump the water on the well. You, this is Come, do not miss this. And so they're there, and that water starts pumping. Can you imagine what, what heaven must have been like in that moment if what was happening on earth looked like that? The celebration and the joy and the, and the exuberance and praise that must have happened in heaven when that water started flowing? And, and then the guy brings out the chicken. Do you, do you think like God looked at that and went, wait, hang on a second. A chicken? Are you kidding me? A chicken? These people just gave $10,000. They flew halfway across the world for you. You're giving them a stinking chicken? What's wrong with you? That's not our God. That's not how he reacts to that. I think it was the complete opposite. I think there's a crowd around in heaven, and God just said, Let's say, hey, get everybody. Now, everybody stop working. Everybody. You, you, got, you thought the water well was something. I don't know what's happening, but this is, well, I do know what's happening because I'm God. But I don't know what's happening. And you got to come, you, everybody, right now, front and center, look at this. Look at that chicken. Look at that chicken. And I think the praise and the glory and the, and, and the, just the exuberance and joy of heaven was so contagious in that moment because of a chicken. Why? Because of the heart. Because it's about the heart. The heart. And so does God have your heart? 
So how do I, how do I develop heart for generosity? How do, I, how do I develop this farmer's mindset? I'm going to give you three really quick things. You can write these down. I'm going to move through them pretty quick. But I'm going to give you three. Number one, be intentional. Be intentional. Paul says decide. You've you got to make a conscious choice. I, in 2017, I'm going to be a person of generosity. I am going to be generous. Be intentional. One of the main reasons we're not generous is we're not intentional about it. We're not intentionally looking for opportunities to be generous. So be intentional. Number two, ask God what to give and give what God asks. Ask God what to give and give what God asks. What does Paul said? He says, decide in your heart. In other words, you got to pray about it. Get your heart with God. God, what do you want me to give? Have you prayed before you give in your offering? Have you prayed about generosity? You gotta pray about it. You gotta say, God, what do you, if you wanna have a heart for generosity, you gotta ask the one who can make you generous. You can't make yourself generous. You're self-centered and I'm self-centered. Turn to somebody right now and say, you are the most self-centered person I know. Come on, turn to somebody right now. You are so self-centered, okay? The only person, you tell them, the only person more self-centered than you is me. Okay, we're all self-centered. The only way we can become generous is if God changes our heart. He has to change our heart and make us generous. So, So pray about it. Number three, open your heart before you open your billfold. Open your heart before you open your billfold. Paul says this, don't give reluctantly. Don't don't give in response to pressure. And I pray the one thing I've never done as a pastor is made you feel pressure to give. If you think this message is about pressure to give, you, you don't know me. You don't know my heart. This has nothing to do with pressure. This has everything to do with giving cheerfully. All I'm wanting for you is what God's done for me for three decades. Man, Laura and I have practiced generosity. We have tithed, which is the Christian principle of 10%. We've done that for three decades. Never regretted a moment of it. And then given above and beyond that. I don't say that to brag. I say that to tell you that, man, I don't regret a single dime of what I've given, not a moment of it. And I, I love what God has done through that. And I love what God has done through, through your generosity. So open your heart. If I will plant it generously, God will grow it exponentially. And here's the, the truth of that statement in verse 8. Let's say this together. And God will generously provide all you need. God's going to give you everything you need if you will be generous. Come on, tell somebody right now. They need to hear that from you. God's going to give you what you need. Tell somebody next to you, around you, God's going to give you what you need. Like this is, this is something that the farmer knows and understands. He's like, I know if I plant it, then, then God will water it. If I plant it, God's, God's going to water it. If, if you're taking notes, write this down. God can't water what I don't plant. God can't water what I don't plant. The farmer knows I plant, and then the harvest comes from that. And the, Laura and I ju- just had this experience the other day. Uh, somebody was practicing generosity, and they gave us a... Um, gift certificate to a steakhouse for Christmas. And man, that person, uh, wow. Um, thank you. Uh, you. You didn't have to do that at Christmas time, but you did it, and um, it just thanks. And so Laura and I got to go out on a free date. And so we went out on this free date because somebody was generous. Um, and also because people know I'm a tightwad and I don't go out to eat unless somebody gives me a gift card. Um, so Laura's saying, thank you. 
So we go out to eat, and we run into the nicest waitress we have ever met in our entire life. I'm telling you, all the times I've ever gone out to eat, this is the nicest waitress I have ever seen. And so she's serving us at the end. She brings us our ticket, and and I'm thinking about um, the tip. I'm trying to add it up, and all of a sudden, God speaks to my heart. And what you don't know or you may know about my family, I think we've shared this before, but um, every Christmas, we as a family, we take one less gift and we take the money that would have been given for that gift and we combine it together and we usually will go out on like New Year's Eve or Christmas Eve and we'll go out to Denny's or something like that and we'll give this big old tip to a waitress because if you're working on Christmas Eve or New Year's Eve, you need the money. And, and we practice that for about a decade now and it's... It's the best part of the whole year. This year, we missed it for whatever reason. We just missed it. And I was sitting there, and I just felt God speaking to me and saying, this is the waitress I want you to give it to. And so I looked at Laura, and I said, hey, um, I think this is what we're supposed to do. And she's like, well, and so we had this discussion. Um, it was a nice discussion. That we had. <laughs> and so we talked about, well, what should we give? What should we not give? And, and, then, and so then I said, well, how much you got in your wallet? And she's going to look like, and she says to me this, I have grocery money in the wallet to try to kind of maybe temper my giving because I just love to give. I just, I just, I love giving. <laughs> I just love it. And uh, I said, give me your wallet. Give me your wallet. And she's like, I said, give me your wallet. Now I'm, give me. Give me your wallet. <laughs> and so she hands me her wallet, and I'm going through her wallet, and I'm like, you got a lot more than I thought. And, um, and so I'm going through this, and so then we begin to talk, and we talk about how much to give, and, and it's, it's, a, it's a pretty substantial tip. I'm, I can't leave it on the table because I don't want somebody to take it, so I go find the manager, and I say, hey, could you give this to her, and put a little note with, her, with it. And we walked out of that restaurant, man, and our feet were like five feet off the ground. I mean, just unbelievable, the, the, the joy that came from, from doing that. And uh, we said a prayer, and I said, okay, God, um, that was some of our grocery money, God. I, please help me. I hope I wasn't an idiot because um, I just feel that way. I, I, just, I just feel that way sometimes. Like, did, did I give too much? And, um, which is stupid. Um, you can't ever give too much, right? You can't outgive God, la, 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 la. Okay, don't preach that to me later. I know that. Uh, can I outgive God? You might want to preach that sometime. Um, okay, next time I'll give you 30 minutes up here. So, um, so we're, we're out and we're praying and I'm like, um, it's tight for us like it is for you guys after Christmas. And the, the next day, Laura's got, she has a business she runs and she had bartered a party uh, with a friend, and she had told this friend, hey, listen, I'll do the party for you, and then, and then you'll do this for me. And so they agreed to that barter. And at the end of the party, this friend uh, came up to her and said, um, hey, God uh, just told me to bless you and, um, and gave her a gift. And Laura's like, no, 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 we're supposed to be bartering this. And uh, she's like, no, God told me to give you this. And it was, it was basically double what we had given in our, our tip. And, and my point on that is, man, if I will plan it generously, and God will grow it exponentially. This is his promise to you. Now, let me just say this. We, we feel like we don't have anything left over. Like the, the promise that, that Paul says to us is this. You'll always have everything you need and plenty left over. 
And now some of you feel like, man, I, Brad, this is great, but I don't, eat, I don't have leftovers. And this is what I tell you, you know, this is what I'm saying. Everybody's got a chicken. Everybody's got a chicken. So full participation. How many of you, for example, have uh, Netflix or another subscription? Cable TV maybe, Netflix, Hulu, something like that. Okay, you have at a minimum right now $9.99 a month that you could give into the kingdom of God because that's a leftover. Do you need Netflix? Well, yes, because I haven't finished season one of Stranger Things. So, so once I finish season one, then I'm going to give it. That's between you and God, okay? You ask God and you deal with, with, with that one, okay? How many of you like? How many of you bought an app for your phone in, in 2016? You paid 99 cents or more for an app on your phone. Raise your hand. Come on, raise your hand. All right, you have at least 99 cents, probably more than that, that you could sow into the kingdom. Think about when you go to Starbucks and you buy a latte or your specialty drink. You do that two, three times a week. You spent like 10, 15 bucks in a month. You spent about 40 or 50 bucks in a year. You could give into the kingdom over $500 if you just stopped going to five bucks, okay? If you just stopped going there. You got your big Q at, at Quick Trip. Man, you love that big Q, don't you? Oh, because I get all the different flavors. Stop! Take whatever you get from that. Give it exponentially into the kingdom of God. Do I need it? Okay, maybe you could buy generic instead of name brand. Here's one. Oh, now I'm about to rock your world. How about if you didn't go out to eat for the entire month of January? Oh, now he is preaching. <laughs> Do you need to go out to eat? No. I'm not saying it's wrong to go out to eat, but you have it. You're complaining. I don't have anything while you're munching on your taco, okay? I mean, <laughs> you know, I'm broke while you're sipping on your latte. You're not as broke as you think you are. And I love you, but you're not as broke as you think you are, okay? Listen, hi, here's an idea. Pour the detergent in instead of buying the packet, okay? I mean, let your car go, You think I care? I don't care. Because I know, I go buy a car, that's a car payment, and that's less money I can give into the kingdom of God. And I know that's crazy thinking, but that's just the way I live. It's not bad to have a car. I hope one day to have a beautiful, shiny car and my car doesn't go, wait, wait, wait. I hope it doesn't do that. That's not my point. Nothing wrong with a car. But if you're sitting there saying, I don't have any leftovers, you do. You do. You just got to look for it. And I want to tell you, there's no greater place that you can sow into than the kingdom of God and into his local church. When you give into the local church, you are giving to the greatest nonprofit the history of the world has ever known. Ever known. People are coming. Your family has found hope, healing, peace, and purpose. Why? Last year, last year we saw over 40 people make a commitment to follow Jesus. Over 30 people got baptized. We got two more people that have already committed to be baptized for our vision day. Lives are being changed. Okay, that's a really good place. I'm all amped up. You need to applaud. You need to thank Jesus for that. You're like, that's awesome. I am glad I am a part of this church. Listen, we just came through our Christmas offering. Okay, the leaders in this church were like, Brad, you're jacked up. $10,000, good luck with that one. And I was like, oh, man, what did I do? What did I do? What did I do? You guys gave almost $11,000 in that offering. Oh, man, are you kidding me? Woo! 
When you give, you're giving. Listen, there's a Syrian refugee crisis going on right now. If you were here a few weeks ago, you saw the video. You know that when you give in the offering, you're giving directly to churches that are working with those refugees that are coming across those borders, and you're helping those pastors and those leaders. You know if you were here last week, you're helping inmates find Jesus. Do you know that we are going into the prisons through Abba Center, okay? Through Abba Center, we're going into the prisons, and over 130 inmates gave their lives to Jesus. Now, let me hang on. Let me tell you this. Hang on, hang on. Listen to this, okay? This is what I want you to hear. That does not happen. Over 130 inmates do not find Jesus, do not get baptized if you don't give because this church would not exist. And if this church did not exist, Abba Center would not exist. And if Abba Center did not exist, those inmates would not have been baptized. This is the difference you're making and the contribution you're making into the kingdom of God. Isn't that better than a stinking laundry detergent packet? That's way better. So I want to encourage you as best I can in 2017, get a new mindset. And if I, if I will plan it generously, God will grow it exponentially. I want to pray for you as we prepare for communion and to dismiss here in just a moment, but let's just quiet our hearts in this moment. God, in this moment, we open up our hearts to you. If you're a follower of Jesus, in this moment, let him check your heart. Okay, God, maybe there's an area you need to surrender. Maybe as a follower of Jesus, you've been living for yourself. Listen, I, I get it, man. I, I feel like sometimes I'm the most selfish person on the planet. I feel like that I... I love being generous, but I fight it. I fight it because I, I fight this stupid sin nature I have that tells me to think about myself and buy for myself and own everything for myself and, and don't think about anyone else. But you got to surrender that. The only way I know how to fix that heart, that heart condition that you have, is to surrender right now to the work of the Holy Spirit in your life. To say, God, in this moment, I surrender my sin nature. I recognize that I'm selfish. I recognize I'm thinking of myself. And I see that I have this lack mentality. God, would you fix my heart and then fix my mind? And would your spirit help my faith to rise up in me to become all that you called me to be? If you're here today and you're not a follower of Jesus, I, wanna, I just want to include you in this prayer that, that you can have hope, healing, peace, and purpose today. You can, you can become a generous person only, only through the work of Jesus Christ in your life. What that means is simply this, just say, man, God, okay, I recognize I'm a selfish person. That's sin nature. I don't know exactly what he's talking about, but I know I'm a sinner. I know I've made mistakes. I know I've messed up and hurt people, hurt myself. But God, would you forgive me? Here's the thing I want to say to you today. If you're a sinner, God forgives sinners. That's who, he's, who he is and what he's in the business to do. It's why he sent Jesus for the sole purpose of saving your soul so that you could have your name in the Lamb's book of life, so you could be free from your selfish nature, so you could live for him. And so today, if that's your prayer, you're not a follower of Jesus, you can become a follower today by simply just taking that first step. All right, God, I'm gonna follow you. I'm taking this sin and I need you to take it out of my life and I need your Holy Spirit. I don't know how that Holy Spirit thing works, but I pray that you come in and, and change me, change me. The Spirit of God does. We praise God for that today. God, we thank you for life change. We thank you for who you are and what you do in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.